This is According to Callus. Welcome, welcome. So, today, I went to the protest. You know, I should have, could have done an episode last night, which would have been Friday evening, but I knew this is coming up today, and I just decided, oh, what the heck. I only got two episodes out this week. I'll just punt it. I'll do a Saturday show to pick up for Friday, and I'm going to have my Sunday special, which is going to be the much-delayed episode 200. So I'm going to kill two birds with one stone there. So, as I have said, if you find this entertaining, educational, or quite frankly enraging, please subscribe, share, like, or hate with your comments. It's all good. It helps me out. You'll be doing us all a favor. On with the show. All right, so at the protest, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, determines how you want to couch this. This all boils down to the fact that there are, are a number of obscene books that are in the uh, McKinney ISD. Now, I know that when I call it porn, one, it's protected speech, and two, it's not easy to define. When it's referred to as obscene material, there is a legal standard for that. And quite frankly, there is some of this material, which by my understanding of the definition of obscene, clearly falls under that. Therefore, it is not protected materials. On the issue of critical race theory or social emotional learning or any of that other stuff, which there are materials that teach that or buttress or promote that theology, and I'm using that word on purpose, I'm kind of hard-pressed to lump that in there together. And I want to be also quite honest right from the beginning. This is not my subject. This is not a major concern in my life. This is not something that I'm going to take to the mattresses. However, I have a lot of good friends that have come down on one side of this issue, and I'm very sympathetic to their concerns, their views. So I'm doing the best that I can to remain objective, explain what's going on, and I guess in some sense, defend the premise that they're working off of. And, and that's a challenge because, again, um, th- this is not a primary concern for me personally. And most of the show delves in the things that are of personal concern or personal thought or opinion on a subject. And of that, I have many. So, side A. We're going to call this the conservative or Christian I'm going to put the little scare quotes up on this because I know there will be some that will be offended. View where we need to protect our children. So we're asking for some restrictions to be added to the books that are readily available for students. And I think that's the best way to explain it. They want restrictions to access to the books. Perhaps in some cases the books be removed from the school libraries but nevertheless, that, that, that's kind of the issue. The other side of the issue, we'll call them side B, sees this as a, strangely enough, a liberty issue. 
a defending access to all books. They, I want to, I want to be generous because I'm going to believe that most of these people are not actually good with obscene material, but they are very worried that if you start banning a book, it will spiral into many books. Uh, They also are afraid that the teachers are being attacked or the librarians are being attacked or that the ISD is being attacked. Uh, Honestly, if that's their point of view, I think they're sadly mistaken. But, I mean, that's probably what they've been told, right? That's the knee-jerk reaction. So I've done my best to kind of lay out both sides of this issue as objectively as possible with my little caveats. So let me spend a little more time uh, on the issue at hand. I've touched base on this previously on other, on other episodes. I'm not real comfortable with a fifth grader reading about some of the materials that quite frankly have been sampled in school board meetings. I find that really low on the need to hear or need to see uh, line of thought here. Now, if I thought that my friends wanted to outright ban books and they wanted to burn them or whatever else the extreme examples are, I would oppose them, but that's not what they want. And they've been quite clear with that in the conversations I've had with them. So I'm going to break this down and both sides have a problem with marketing, right? They believe what they believe, but they're not doing a good job of communicating that in my opinion. And because this is according to Callus, it's almost always my opinion. So what I need to try and say is, The side A that wants to restrict access to certain books from young children, I agree that that is a noble cause. That is an appropriate thing to do. There is no reason why a third grader needs to read most of the material that I've heard presented. There's no reason why a sixth grader or even an eighth grader needs to have access to that in a public slash government school library. On a high school student, ah, now you're going to lose me. By the time you get to high school, you're functionally an adult. And if you haven't learned right from wrong at that point, there's very little I'm going to be able to do to fix that. Now, I don't think, I don't think the other side, side B, is actually good with this. I don't think they're good with the idea that there's going to be any restrictions, which is odd because these are the same people that would say there's restrictions to free speech, there's restrictions to firearms ownership, there's restrictions to all sorts of other things that are guaranteed rights. But on this one thing, they're kind of taking an extreme example all the while critiquing all the other extreme examples that they in their own mind have made extreme examples. So I'm, I'm kind of at a loss there. But again, if I take what these uh, individuals that are protesting believe in on side A, which is we need to restrict access to certain books to certain age kids, they're right. They're absolutely right. 
There should be no issue here. And this can be accomplished in one of two, well, actually probably three ways. Number one, pull your kids out of the school. If it's, if it's that important to you, if your kids are that important, which they ought to be, you shouldn't be putting them in a government school. Now I will be the first to say that's not always possible, plausible, or available to all people. So then issue number two, run for school board or demand accountability, a, a teacher's review committee or something. Now, that's harder to get done, but that's definitely within the realm of your responsibility as concerned parents. You run or support somebody for school board, or you show up and you demand um, a parent's review board. Again, very simple, but difficult to make happen. And then number three, as I have mentioned before, in this McKinney ISD, you have an option as a parent to go through and block specific books. Disapprove for them to be able to be checked out with the library card. Now, had the school board said this in the first meeting, again, this is rehashing old news here, but had they just been up front and said, wait, hey, we, we've heard your concerns. There's this neat function that already exists that allows you as the parents to take control of what your student can check out. That probably would have solved most of this problem early on. But I suspect that the school board actually likes this. They like the attention. They, they like the drama. They like the distraction. And I'll get into my suspicions later. But so going back to side B, these are the people that feel that any restrictions in a school library is a bad thing. Now, again, I'm going to give all these people that I saw today the benefit of the doubt that they think they're protecting, protecting liberty, that they think they're defending their school librarians, their school teachers, and their school district. And in a sense, that's a fair thing to think. But the reality ought to set in that there really wasn't a whole lot of teachers there or at least self-identified teachers. Let's go with that. Um, there were no administration people there that were identified. And there was no members of the school board that are running cover on this present, defending their actions. Whereas the lone representative of the, hey, we need to probably restrict access, was present and with his group. And just saying. So let me clarify a few things here. Nobody wants to ban books. Nobody wants to shut down the library. Nobody wants to fire a bunch of teachers or um, school librarians. Nobody wants that. That's ludicrous. That's silly. And actually, nobody really even hates on the MISD, except maybe a little bit me, because I don't think you should have your kids in government schools in the first place. But I also realize that a lot of us don't have other choices. We have to take advantage of what's in front of us. And that means that we have to require them to be the best school district that they can be because that's our only other recourse, which also falls into parent review things and running people for the school board. So again, I, th I think they've done a very bad job of marketing. They claim it's not pornography. Okay, fine. I, I, you're wrong. And they also say that, well, of the 287 books put out by Matt Krause, the vast majority of them are not 
pornography. So I'm going to go back to my premise that it's not pornography. It's obscene literature. And if it's obscene literature, it does not be, or it does not need to be available to minors or young children for that matter. Certainly not on the taxpayer's dime. Now, if it is political stuff that we're uncomfortable with, like CRT or social emotional learning or something like that, yeah, I don't like it. It's it's bad theology. It's it's bad teaching, but it's there, and I don't fear those ideas. I, I just don't. So there's there's some conflation there. So they have a point, right? So that's the common ground, right? We need to find out which books are actually obscene and come up with a solution how to protect the young children. And we, we need to find out a way to review all these books and make sure, well, this is just a little racy or this one's makes me a little uncomfortable, but this is just way over the line. This is disgusting, inappropriate, and has no business being in a government-sponsored library. You can't do that unless you're willing to go through all the books. Now, I know several people that have read a good number of these books, and some of them say, yeah, that is definitely obscene material. Some say, well, you know, it's I wasn't not my thing, but it wasn't that bad. And some of them say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it altogether. <coughs> Again, I'm not going to comment on that because it's not my thing. I haven't read them. I don't know. Um, but going back to my earlier premise, obscene material does not need to be given to minors. So what would the common ground be? The common ground would be a parental review committee. Real simple. School board could establish that tomorrow if they wanted to. The school board could do a lot of things if they wanted to, but apparently our school board works for the superintendent, not the other way around. And that's a huge, huge problem in my opinion. Um, Common ground number two. Most everybody, and I'm going to say 70% of the people in the school district would self-identify as some form of Christian, Catholic, Protestant, some variation thereof. So there, there has to be an objective standard, which we can work off of. And that's what we would base the idea of obscene material on, right? It's, it's pretty clear what's obscene in a Christian community. And I realize that 30% of the population doesn't subscribe to that, but that's okay. If you really want to get your kid that book, you can go to Amazon and buy it. Or you can go to the public library where it will be readily available and check it out for your kid. Now, I'd be really concerned about parents or adults checking out obscene material for minor children in fact, I would suspect that maybe they ought to be arrested, but that's another story. So the common ground is, you know, we got to agree what we don't feel is appropriate. And secondarily, we have to come up with a way to review it. But short of that, you still have the option as a parent to go and block books for your student to check out, which honestly, in my opinion, probably solves 90% of the problem And had they just come out again, I'm rehashing this one more time. Had they come out on week one and said, well, you know, we're aware that we have some books that some people are not comfortable with and we're not aware of what all those books are. But if you want to go and put your kids on a list where they can't check out certain books, 
that would solve the majority of the problem. And, you know, certainly the parental review committee could grade the books or rate them if you prefer, uh, you know, like they do for movies. Of course, we're going to have different ideas what's PG, G, and uh, R, and X, and all that jazz, but it's a step forward. It's a step in the right direction. And as I told some of my friends, I really believe fighting on the idea that I shouldn't have to buy these books. Man, the courts have already kind of looked at this. This is a de minimis issue. Your actual cost for, even if it's a hundred books in a school district, is very, very minimal. I mean, they're getting 10,000 or more dollars per year for each child. Even if you spend a thousand dollars per, for the books, I mean, come on. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying we got bigger fish to fry. So that all comes down to the school board, right? You knew I was going to get there eventually, and here we are. So in McKinney, like many other school districts, this school board is nothing more than a rubber stamp for the superintendent. The school board is basically brought in and explained to on day one before they're even placed on the board as a newly elected member of the school board, your job is to discuss these things behind closed doors. And then when we all come out here, we need to vote in lockstep. We need to be unified. We need to have everybody on the same page. Well, it's kind of hard when you're asking people to do things that they believe are morally wrong, that they believe they're ethically problematic, that they believe are just flat illegal. It's very, very difficult to get people to go along with that. Yet, many school districts, that's what they want. They just want you to follow the lead of the superintendent because, you know, the superintendent knows everything. He's got far more education than you do. I mean, after all, he's got a doctor in his title. Whatever. That's an appeal to authority. I mean, that's, that's a fallacy. It doesn't even hold water. You as a parent know what's best for your children. And quite frankly, you probably have a better idea what's better for the other children than somebody with a PhD that lives in an ivory tower. That doesn't have to deal with the children that become young adults that reject all that they were taught and learned because, you know, what they were taught and learned in school is entirely different than what they would get in either their church or their home. And they have no idea what an objective standard is anymore. They have no idea of right from wrong. They have no idea of anything because our schools have been functioning like little propaganda indoctrination camps for the last 60 years. They're just getting more and more blatant about it. Now, again, I've said it would be best if you pulled your kids out of the government schools. But if that's not an option available to you, then the next best thing you can do is fight for your children. Fight for your grandchildren. You need to be involved. You need to stick your nose in their business. You need to be present. You need to ask your kids. You need to show up in the schools. They work for us, not the other way around. They call themselves public schools, but are they really open to the public? I mean, have you tried to go to a school without having to first go through a bunch of hoops just to get in? I mean, just the mere fact that you've got to go through a bunch of steps to get a single book removed from the shelves from easy access means that the school district is working against you as a parent. How do you fix that? Oh, that's right. The school board. The school board needs to remind the superintendent, whoever that person may be, in this case, Rick McDaniel, you work for us. We're the representatives of the people of the city slash school district 
of McKinney. And this is what's important to them. And you need to help us find a solution. You need to come up with something to make this better. We need to address our constituents' concerns. Now, I realize that might be a stretch. There are at least one or two board members that probably don't have the intellectual chops to wrap their head around what this means to actually give power back to the parents, power back to the taxpayers. That's too much of a challenge for them. Just my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong. They they might have some secret sauce somewhere where they actually do understand and they're just covertly undermining everything in such a way as to not draw attention to themselves. And then we've got a couple of members that probably ought to just retire. They've been at this for a very long time and they haven't kept up with the technology or the responsibilities. And I don't know that they're actually able to do so. But yet they're still there. And they can be nice people. We can like them. But that doesn't mean that they're doing what's best for the community. That they're doing what's best for the students. Now, I know some of them want to have their names on you know, buildings or parking lots or something like that. And I can appreciate that. And there's something to be said for the service put in thus far. But much like many people want term limits for elected officials, tell me how it is a school board doesn't have term limits. Tell me how it is that, I don't know, 31% of the people can elect a person that helps run an entire school district and the other 69% of those people are disenfranchised. How does that happen? I'll tell you, it's because we tolerate it. We accept it. We don't care enough to do anything about it. And hopefully that's changing. Hopefully there is a groundswell of people that are just tired of the lack of true education we're offering these students, the lack of oversight on the materials provided to the students, the dumbing down and the progressive bent of mm, not teaching anything clear as it becomes more predominant. Perhaps the parents will do something about it. Perhaps the grandparents will do something about it. They need to understand that school serves a function more than being in daycare so you can go to work during the day. School is supposed to improve your children, not devolve them. That's a big challenge because people don't want to accept that. They don't want to look at the situation and notice that there's a problem. Now, the people that actually defend this, they have a point. We don't ban books. We don't burn books. That's what commies and Nazis do. They're absolutely right. But these same folks had no problem burning all, or, <laughs> sorry, banning all sorts of other books and materials. Right? They're the woke scolds. They're the ones that have no problem selectively banning people. They have no problem not allowing, quote-unquote, disinformation to be made available. They have no issue with that whatsoever, but they get all bent out of shape if a parent's uncomfortable about Johnny has two mommies or a description of how to best rape your date. Now, obviously, that's not the majority of books. Obviously, that's not every book out there. Nobody thinks that. But if it's there and somebody's brought it to your attention... Why would you defend something like that? Why are you okay with that? How does that not bother you as a parent or as a grandparent? 
Now, I understand you think you're doing the right thing. You're defending free speech. You're defending books. I get it. I'm there with you. I don't want these things banned. I don't sure as heck don't want them burned. But nobody's asking for that. Now, you're the same people that generally don't want people to be armed. You're the same people that had no problem masking students for their own protection. You're the same kinds of people that want to force everybody to be jabbed. I'm sorry, to take the mRNA vaccine, the, the gene therapy treatment, to somehow make them better or mitigate the causes from, or the effects rather, from the disease du jour. So color me a little surprised when you're trying to defend this one act of freedom when you had no problem stomping all over all the other ones. Now, again, most of my friends that are on the other side here, they're the ones that want the restrictions. They're honest about it. They're open. Yeah, we understand that sometimes you just got to say no. We understand that sometimes things aren't appropriate. We understand sometimes things are too soon. Now, there's a really neat quote that apparently was by C.S. Lewis, right? And uh, I'm not going to get into it, but you should look it up. It had to do with the fact that a father did not want to discuss something with his daughter. And the analogy he gave is, you're not ready for it yet. But when we take that away from you as a parent, and we allow it to be stripped away, are we doing you a favor? I don't think so. I think that's a bleat or a breach of liberty. It's a way to bleach somebody's mind while you're at it. It's not a, not a good way to raise your kids or your grandkids. We can do better. We should do better. And the way we do it is the school board. I'm just sad it took so long for conservatives to wake up and realize that the local elections are the most important elections. And I mean, I was guilty of it too, to some degree, right? I mean, the local tyranny can become unbearable. The local woke scolds can make your life miserable. The local abuses are always glossed over by the good old boys network. And honestly, a lot of times it's not old boys anymore, but it's still the network, right? It's that kind of ruling organism that's everywhere but we're okay with it until it affects us it's the nimby phenomena right not in my backyard well i'm here to tell you this is all in your backyard if you're sitting at the sidelines you're in collin county and you're wondering why is this guy talking about this again i'll tell you why because this stuff is going on in every local school district there is. And it's just a question of how effective are your board members at repelling this? How effective are your board members at communicating to their constituents these are the problems present? And I don't have an answer for that. But you can get it. All you have to do is make a phone call. And if that's not enough, you can write a letter or send an email. And if that's not enough for you, you can go walk for somebody or support somebody, or give them money to run against that bad apple that you've got on your school board. They say it takes only one bad apple to ruin the bushel, but I would suspect at this point it'd be better to say there might only be one good apple left in the bushel because of such a pathetic job we've done of protecting our liberty at the local level. 
If you want to blame somebody, go look in the mirror and blame yourself. You can fix this, but it requires you to do something about it. I can't do it for you. Chad Green and McKinney can't do it for you. Any of the other good school board members can't do it for you, whether it's Cindy Darlin in Princeton or Cody Weaver down in Plano. They can't do it for you. You have to show up. You have to fight the good fight. You have to be willing to put skin in the game. You have to be willing to support these people that, quite frankly, stick their neck out and work for you in opposition to all this crazy. Well, with that, my friends, this was, according to Callus, this was episode 206 entitled, So I Went to the Protest. And just one last thought. I got to tell you, I was very pleased. I was only there for about 20 or 30 minutes. I kind of walked around, said hi to a bunch of different people on both sides. Friendly to everybody. And everybody was genuinely nice and generally friendly to the people who's driving by. I didn't see any screaming and yelling at each other. I didn't see any threats. I didn't see any abusive behavior. And that was very encouraging. I think most of these parents or protesters, if you will, probably have far more in common with each other than the administration that's manipulating the events. Oh, as for the distraction, there are a whole lot of other things going on right now. And it's very, very convenient for them that we're worried about some bad books in the libraries. More of that to follow. Stay tuned. And I will see you on the other side.